Visible is a wireless carrier that is not invisible. It is pretty clear from the name, actually, radio waves are invisible. And I can say this with authority as a licensed amateur radio operator. That being said, Visible won't be giving you the power to see light outside the visible spectrum. It's actually way better because having that ability would make getting around very difficult and distracting. What you do get with Visible is unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. You get one line of wireless, just $25 a month, which is great in these times of economic uncertainty. That is one line for $25, taxes and fees included. So whatever you're doing at this moment, please stop. Switch immediately. Now, monthly rate on the Visible plan for data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Wir gerne sehen in was ist los. It's dein Freundo, Seth. I'm learning German. Yeah, in case you didn't know what that was. That is me trying to impress you with the little German that I know. Right now, I am actually learning German. I took it in high school. I goofed off the entire time. I did some other language learning apps. They taught me things like where the taxi stand is and how to find a bus, um, but not a lot of conversational uh German. Thankfully, that's what Babbel is all about. Babbel teaches you language conversationally, which let's face it, that is what you want to know anyway. I don't know. When I was in school, you learned like how to count. You learned like the colors. You learned the shapes. Those are all important things, but they don't help you when you're in uh, like Cologne, Germany with Ein Nierenstein, which by the way is German for kidney stone, uh, an experience I can unfortunately speak personally to. But I've been using Babbel to learn to speak German again, uh, better than I have before. I actually really like it because it is conversational. It's a little bit more relaxed. One of the things that it does that I really like is it'll sometimes show you what the literal English translation is. And I don't know why, but I find that very helpful in sort of understanding the structure, the grammar of a language and sort of putting myself into that mind space. Since I'm only in Germany for Gamescom, which is like a week, week and a half, I'm not immersed in the German language. I'm not immersed in German culture. So what I do is the second best thing. I'm taking Babbel. Hopefully this year when I go to Germany, I'll be able to impress all the Germans with how much German I know from learning through Babbel. The app has pronunciation recognition, so you'll be able to learn how to speak better with your accent, how to actually properly pronounce the words. That way you won't get made fun of by a, a group of older German men because you said Apfelstrudel and not Apfelstrudel. Um, no, it's really cool. Uh, I'm going to say right now there is a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now you can get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners because you guys are the best ones, by the way, at babbel.com slash realm. Get 60% off at babbel.com slash realm. That is spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash realm. Rules and restrictions may apply. Listen. Hello and welcome to Nintendo Voice Chat, IGN's Nintendo podcast. This week we will be talking about the Swoled, yes, the Nintendo Switch <laughs> OLED system, of course, Monster Hunter Stories 2, and a lot more. Plus, we have indie dev Jules Watson joining us to talk about Tui and some other things. I'm your host, Casey DeFridis, and this week I am joined by Paris Snyder. Hello. Seth Macy. What is going on, Super Nintendo? Hello, and <laughs> Jules Watson. Hi, welcome. Uh, hi. Hello. Hi. Thank you. Yeah, 
Yeah. And before we get into it, Jules, if you could just tell us a little bit more about yourself and what you've worked on and also to cap that, what your favorite game is. Which is a really hard question, by the way. I know. Um, sorry. Yeah, that's a tough <laughs> one. Um, I, I give you a quick rundown of my career so far. I started uh, actually on the video game side, uh, sorry, on the video game magazine side. Uh, back in the day in England on a print magazine before the internet even existed, which is a very scary thought, but it's true. Um, <laughs> then I moved over to the uh, the video game development side as a pixel artist, and then I joined Aguan Entertainment in the US. I was there for over 10 years, and then I started Renegade Kid in 2007, uh, where we made uh, Dementium, Mute Mud, Zeo Drifter, and stuff like that. And then we started a TUI in 2015, our first game was Totes the Goat on iOS, which was very cute. And then later we brought Muds and Zero Drifter and a few other games to the Switch. Uh, currently, I'm working on Hatchtails and Petadachi, and we just released Pick 2 for the Nintendo Switch. And my favorite game, if my Switch play activity had anything to say on it, it would be Fortnite or Animal Crossing. But if I was sent to a desert island, I'd probably take Super Mario World. Nice. And, and, you know, we, we had Jules on before when we were still allowed to meet each other in, per, in yeah. person. The world wasn't poisoned. And uh, I think we talked about this a little bit. We, we first met when you were at Iguana. And I think I, I was in Austin in the, at the Iguana studios and was um, uh, registering my shock over the cerebral bore weapon you yes. guys had added for <laughs> into Turok 2. Turok, yeah. Which, and, which it's still and amazing. Turok turned out amazing. And, I, and then I think I came to your guys' offices where it was you and Matt and Casmatina and presented the very strange game Iggy's Wrecking Balls, where it was you, you guys were so confused. <laughs> by like, it... <laughs> wait, what? <laughs> So the, the PR guy at the time for Acclaim and Iguana was Jay Moon, and Jay mm -hmm. was known, uh, you know, he unfortunately passed away a few years ago, but he was known to um, to joke a lot and, and just kind of you couldn't really trust what he was saying. And he was telling us about Iggy's Wrecking Balls, and we thought it was just a joke, and you guys were going to bring some Turok thing or something. Yeah. And then... We were very confused when like, there was oh, a it's real. Oh my gosh! It, there was a game about lizard balls hopping yeah. on these kind of three D planes. Yeah. Oh my gosh! Yeah. I wish I was there for that. And now I'm going to look up that game after the after the show because I <laughs> I want to see it. I want to see that. But before I can do that, we have to talk about the Switch OLED or OLED, however you want to say it. Uh, we, I have decreed that on NVC you must refer to it as the SWOLED and oh, nothing else from now set on. Set in stone. <laughs> set in stone. It must be called the SWOLED. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's okay if you don't want to call it that, but that's what I'll be calling it that because that is much less of, the mouth, of a mouthful than Nintendo Switch OLED. I mean, there's been, there have been more mouthfuls of Nintendo <laughs> consoles, so you know what? It's fine, but I'm glad that we have an easy option to say this name but the name isn't the important part the new features which you know there aren't a lot there aren't a ton of features basically it is a slightly bigger screen we got the sleek white joy cons a cool looking new dock a bigger um kickstand that won't snap off like it did <laughs> on mine uh, <laughs> hopefully and the oled screen which i know that will have better contrast and color shown but it's not necessarily like a better 
it's not a better display. I don't know. Everyone, what do you what do you think about this? What was your first gut reaction when you saw this trailer? Well, it, is, it definitely is a, a, a better display, like OLED versus LCD. Uh, better, better display, but not better res- resolution. No, no, exa- exactly. It's the Sorry, same resolution. I, I should have clarified that. And, and honestly, to people who owned the 3DS after um, uh, the, the 3DS XL after the 3DS, it's a, it's a similar kind of trade-off where the screen is bigger, so it's nicer and more immersive, but it also lowers the resolution slightly, right? Like a bigger 720p is less sharp than a smaller 720p. It's just a, that that's just a fact. And so there are trade-offs, but like the added brightness of, of OLED is is very, very nice. And, you know, especially for people who are playing outside, um, it's a big factor, but it's still a reflective screen too. So if you had issues with the sun shining on your screen, it's not going to fix that. Um, I, I was just going to say, and I'll let others weigh in in a sec, but like we talked about predicting the name for this thing and kind of joking about Nintendo's weird naming conventions with like, and we thought it was going to be new Nintendo Switch or something like that. They didn't give this a name. It's just yeah. the Switch OLED model. It's like parentheses OLED model. I, I don't. I don't think in the entire world you could have found a single person who would have predicted that name, even knowing that it was going to have OLED. Mm-hmm. I, I would have predicted Nintendo Switch Bright B R I T E or something. You know, like. Yeah. Think, what do you guys think? Well, I think the OLED is a very interesting name because it is very odd, right? It's yeah. I mean, maybe they've learned that calling it new and XL and all that kind of stuff <laughs> maybe is a little goofy. Plus, it's not XL, I guess. But the OLED that's kind of clever, right? Because you because that is the language when you go into Best Buy and places like that for TVs. You see OLED on the other names for fancy displays mm-hmm. these days. So it, it could almost fall into the category of okay if you're not paying attention. So it's kind of uh, interesting that some people might be like, oh, there's the 4K switch. You know what I mean? So it's kind of interesting that they did that. It's quite smart because it seems modern all of a sudden. That's that's a good point. And at the same time, it, it just points out the single difference. And there, there are more things, right? Like if you actually look closely, there's an extra something on top of the switch that we, we don't know yet, what whether that's a button or port or whatnot. The, the screws are hidden. The design is different. So that it, it is definitely a step up and an improved model that will eventually become the core model. But naming it OLED also basically kind of dispels any sorts of questions, whether it's backwards compatible or or anything like that. It's like the difference is the screen is what that says to me, you know? So it's, yeah, it's not a great name, but it, but it is clear. (laughs) I think the fact they didn't give it a, a concrete new name is more indicative that this will be considered like the the regular model, like in the the next Mm -hmm. couple of years, I don't think it will be. And I don't know, maybe I think they, they might kind of roll out the first switch model in favor of this one maybe i don't know i mean they're gonna keep supporting the 3ds and i'm you know there's all those games that keep coming out <laughs> for that system too so yeah no, I, think, I mean i think calling it the oled model is probably the best just because now there's no way you can be confused oh will this play my old games will this play my new games it's just like no it's just got a nicer screen buy it for your kids for christmas it's 300 dollars yep. It's and and then the, the we just saw the dock here on screen. The the dock is changed in that it it nixes one of the USB ports, um, the the one on the inside, and replaces that USB port with a LAN port. So you can do wired play, which is which is really good news. So that that I I think to people who play a lot of online games is is a solid upgrade here. But big uh, online switch. <laughs> 
game yeah, I, I mean smash mario kart fortnite is huge right splatoon is coming i actually thought this model was gonna re- like this concept was gonna match a splatoon 3 release a little bit better than a, a metroid one right like it launches mm-hmm. alongside metroid yeah. and it looks very much like the new enemy in in, in metroid dread but uh like the idea is more like, hey, here's a unit that supports Splatoon three online play and is designed for for that. Because the the Switch Wi Fi radio is not very good, and so this is a nice band aid. I I do have to say also the dock looks really sleek and and nice. Just overall, just a step up from what the regular dock looks like as well. I think some people were comparing. It's like, oh, this is going to look really good next to my PlayStation 5 and my Xbox Series X just from how sleek it looks. And I think that the logo lights up when you turn it on now. Oh, really? No, it's just... No, it's, it's just light. reflect. I know, I saw that too. Lies. In the commercial, in the commercial, it looks like it, but they do this kind of sheen, like, you know, Mr. Oh, Clean, like... Sheen. No, it's yeah. just a, it's a reflective... <laughs> It's reflective paint, unfortunately. I know. It'll be worth the money right there. Yeah. But, I, want a, um, I, want, I want a glowing look. <laughs> but um, but what's nice is that you can buy the, the dock separately from Nintendo. We don't know what it's going to cost. You'll be able to get it. Um, and it will be able to fit your, uh, your regular Switch. And like, if you look at the picture, we got it up on the screen. There's one really important upgrade that we haven't talked about. And that is this one will probably not scratch your screen. It, it now has it has a rounded uh, you know rounded edge down there and it looks like there's an insert because the current dock if you're not careful um, you can scratch the edges of your screen so that that's a that's a nice upgrade too. Fix. I'm assuming it's going to be kind of expensive because the regular dock for the Nintendo Switch is is, is quite expensive. Isn't if it? you can actually find it in yeah, stock. Yeah, if you can actually yeah. find it. I think it's. I'm no. You know what? I'm not going to make a guess because somebody will tell me how wrong I am. I'm yeah, I don't know. I guess I'm 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 seeing it on I'm seeing it on eBay and stuff, but I can't trust these prices if they're actually because I can't actually find one. That's I want to yeah, say it was so nine dollars. There, I said. Yeah, oh, wow. I think you. I think you're right. I think you're right. Honestly, because you can you can buy it used on eBay for eighty nine dollars. Jeez, that sounds about <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah, but the um, I don't know. I mean, the uh, uh I, I first of all. As someone who has bought a Joy-Con here or there, um, <laughs> I'm really happy to see the white set finally, and that they mm-hmm. didn't just they didn't just make the Joy-Con uh, white, or it's like almost like this grayish white. They actually made the um, they made the dock white too. So that that's really cool. It's which nice, means, right? It has an Yeah, so it does look really sleek and slick and all of that. And so visually, I I think it's a nice upgrade. I would have loved it if there was no bezel, no frame around the screen. It was more Mm -hmm. edge to edge, like, you know, some of the the cooler phones on the market. But I understand why they couldn't do that either, because they didn't want to radically change the size. And that is one thing. It's actually just a tiny little bit wider than the standard Switch. So if anybody has... Um, you know, third-party controllers like cradles that hold the screen, mm. or maybe Uh-oh. carrying cases that are super snug. Watch out! Like you might it's have to, uh, you might have to replace, or maybe it's just just small enough to not matter. I thought, I thought that the, it's actually the the actual size of it is the same, but the screen that is bigger because of the removal of some of the bezel. It's just no, it's it's just tiny, tiny little bit tiny wider. Point, yeah. Point the, one, right? 
Yeah, point oh, one. Wow, yeah, yeah, point one. And then yeah. the 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 depth um, is the same. I think. I mean, you can't tell because they give you the depth of the Joy-Con when they're attached, which are obviously the same. It's compatible with all the Joy-Con, but the uh, the dock is also slightly changed. So the it's not as deep as the dock. They slimmed it down a little bit, but it's a little wider too. So yeah. It, I mean, I, I I like it. We can talk about whether it's 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 enough um, of an upgrade yeah. for people. Ah. I think I de I definitely wanted to bring up the fact that we've been having rumors about this thing for I think a solid year now, or just under oh. a year, and how those rumors have affected people's attitudes towards this. Because I think if I wasn't expecting anything and i said this repeatedly through in a voice chat that ex expectations kill everything in the future any relationship anything that is given to you and I, I, talking about rumors just like you know we don't actually know what this thing is going to be and we didn't we didn't know exactly what it was going to be because this is a little bit off the mark of what was reported and how people would have reacted if this had been a complete surprise announcement in something like E3 versus what we got now after 11 months of rumors. They, 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 it's just like, what is it? Nine o'clock on a Wednesday morning or whatever it was. It's so <laughs> random. You gotta love that. They, I, I think they had it in their main E3 presentation and then they thought, oh, this might... This might be, we, we might get such a negative reaction from like core gamers who are expecting us to go 4K that it's better to leave out and let them focus on Metroid and all the other announcements. Because like the, they had this thing, they had the announcement ready for a while, right? And like it aligns with Metroid in a way, like they're trying to sell you on this concept that um, the redesigned speakers are, are better for positional audio in Metroid and it's like, whatever, right? Um, <laughs> They're finally front firing, by the way. The speakers on the original Switch fire to the back, which is stupid. It's good to let other people hear what you're playing. The, the new ones fire to the front, which is great. That uh, is one it, of the things that I am really grateful it, that they did change because mm -hmm. you're right. The speakers on the original Switch handheld aren't really... Yeah. It's, but but maybe, it's, just, it's <laughs> I always it's, thought they did that on purpose to force you to use headphones. No, it's, just, it's the... It's, the switch fix it is what this is. This fixes a lot of the things about the core unit, which has been on, on the market for a while. You know, hopefully there's some things inside the Joy-Con fix too. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll find out, right? But um, the, I, I think the, the biggest issue for me it's, it's not the expectation that they were going to go 4K. And I, you know, Jules and I talked about this before the show. 4K is not a Nintendo thing. Like getting the games yeah. to run more smoothly on the 720p display or in 1080p display docked makes sense, right? Like up upgrading the processors. Going 4K doesn't sound like a Nintendo thing that they jump on that far because they don't have to because they know most of their consumers play on that tiny little screen uh, handheld. But the thing that turns it from a fix it into a little bit of a uh, is the price. It's 350 bucks, which is yeah. more than an Xbox Series S, which is a freaking awesome machine for people who don't care about 4K, right? It's incredibly powerful and um, a huge library and all that. 350, that bugs me. It's, this should have been the base console mm -hmm. replacement. Mm -hmm. I would have got it if it was probably 299, like 350, I'm kind of like, eh, just push right? it just a little bit out of a luxury item. It's kind of like, eh. If I needed another one for someone else or mine broke, okay, sure, definitely, right? It's clearly a better machine than the, than the current one, but 
as an additional one. It's a tough sell. And I buy consoles. I bought lots of 3DSs and I buy, buy these things. So I'm just not sure. Not sure yet. I'm on the fence. I think, I think the price is more of a reflection of the fact that Nintendo can absolutely get away with charging $340. <laughs> this yep. is the, I mean, we're talking about the number one selling console for 30 months in a row, which is a record in the United States. You, It's still difficult to get the regular switch mm -hmm. so at 349 there's a little less you know this is just like basic economics there's a little less chance that people <laughs> are going to go out of their way to buy one when they don't really need it so the people who are probably going to be buying this are people who maybe are picking up their first switch mm -hmm. this year for the holidays and the salesman at best buyer game stuff says oh you, you're going to want this one for your kids because it has the better yeah. screen so yeah i think i would have loved to like you said like see this is the 299 base model a 249 for the older switch and then maybe even a price drop on the on the uh the switch light but we're not going to see that we're not going to see that for a while at least until like sales start to slow down and you know things begin to not run in nintendo's favor which yeah it's a really you, not point. in the foreseeable yeah. future but you, you, you have go ahead sorry no, no, but you were going to talk about the 3DS launch, I right? was, exactly. Yeah, no, go ahead, Jules. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's fun to see both ends of the spectrum, right? When the 3DS came out, it was a beautiful machine, but it struggled. They slashed the price. Boom, hotcakes. You know, that, it was a reflection of their financial status. And like you just said, Seth, this is a reflection of their financial status. Hey, we're, we're the kings right now, so let's do yeah. 350. And it's, well, yeah, fair enough, right? But but also the budget version is already on the market, right? There is the, there is the light that is trying to get, um, you know, lapsed 3DS players to to upgrade and, and get the Switch. And so now they have three models in the market at three different price points. Yeah. Um, the, the cheaper one that's handheld only, the regular model, and then this one for the people who have the money and don't care and just want a Switch. And of course, people who really care about online play and all of that. And then, you know, people with white living rooms and white credenzas <laughs> and all that exactly. who want their, keep, want their matching machine. Yeah. I know we keep mentioning online play, but like you can buy an adapter for your switch dock now mm -hmm. right. for like what, like 10 or $15. That's true. So mm -hmm. it's not, it, it's not like, it's nice that it's built in because it'll probably make it so more players will innately just use that yeah. rather than trying to play without it just because they can't be bothered to buy the adapter. But yeah. It's it's explicit though, right? It's explicitly yes. saying, "Hey, we care about online. You know, yeah. please stay subscribed to Nintendo Online. There's more coming." And it is yeah. it is a big step because it is the first Nintendo console that has a built-in Ethernet port, it's right? So I'm like, I'm I'm pretty sure it is. I'm pretty sure you've so always you needed an adapter. Didn't. The Wii U had did one. Oh, the Wii U, yeah, I, I thought had one. one. Yeah, yeah. You're no, right. I did. The Wii U had one. I lied. I'm just a liar, but no one has a use. So does, no one bought the Wii U, so it doesn't count. No. <laughs> Wait. I mean, I, I did own one, but... Yeah, me too. No, it says... Now. Hold on. No, the Wii U does not have an Ethernet nope. port. Oh. Yeah, it, there was an adapter. That's right. Okay, so it's always yeah. been an adapter. Okay, I was and remembering correctly. There we go. Yeah, and then the I am a proud owner of the uh, N64 um, LAN cartridge too, which you plug into the <laughs> cartridge slot in it. Yeah, it's awesome. Wow. Uh, and then there is uh, obviously the GameCube. The original models had all the expansion ports at the bottom. Mm -hmm. um, you had to you had to buy it. Yeah, they've they've always gone this optional route with this stuff, which is really interesting. It makes um, me wonder. I wonder if they're going to come out with. I, mean, I don't know if this is very Nintendo when I think about it, but it's certainly possible. I wonder if there's a a few secrets that they're going to 
reveal over the coming months leading up to the release or on release on more software level like would it be a new home menu you know is it Metaverse, I wish, would be amazing. I wonder if there's like something like that they're going to dump as well and go, hey, check this out to make to sweeten the pot. You know, the, the big, the, yeah, the big one is Bluetooth audio, right? Like the machine has Bluetooth mm. um, built in, just like the last one, but they never enabled Bluetooth audio. And there were rumors at one point that buried in one of their firmware updates, there were some hints that they would be enabling it. But right now. You know, Bluetooth is used for controller connectivity, not not audio playback or external um, or headset or speaker support. So that would be a nice software update, right, to coincide mm -hmm. with the release of this machine. But it wouldn't be limited to this one. We had originally speculated, and I don't know, Casey, if you want to talk about the original like 4K Switch Pro, all those rumors. But like we had speculated that maybe they might be adding more RAM, RAM rather than going mm -hmm. with higher resolutions because that might have been one of the... Um, one of the challenges with supporting, uh, you know, cross-game chat and all of that, and that might be what they'll do with the pro model to make it more focused on online play. But obviously, what we got was a, a brighter screen. Yeah, I, <laughs> mm -hmm. I don't think we were ever going to get 4K, and that's not. Like, I'm not. This is fine that this is not for me, and it is fine if it's not for you. I think it's nice that they came out with a slightly better model for people who have not adopted it, or as uh, pair said people who might just want an upgrade to it a nicer looking white switch but i would have really liked um a slightly better like chipset like how the new 3ds mm -hmm. had and i guess that would be the more equivalent to the switch pro but even just a slight increase in performance i think would have benefited the switch so much and would have absolutely been a day one purchase for me because we're getting games that definitely suffer a little bit on the switch and we'll talk a little bit more about monster hunter stories too yeah uh, in the future but like the frame frame rates are not stable in a lot of games oh no just a, a tiny tiny boost in power i think except except might... for Pictui and jules's games of course yes. <laughs> um would fix those things but so this is not a this is not a, a day one purchase for me i don't think and i think honestly if I hadn't just bought a Monster Hunter Special Edition, I may have mm. bought this because my original Switch is absolutely falling apart and the battery <laughs> life is not good. <laughs> but yeah. because I just upgraded to the, the the one that a collector's edition that does have the slightly better battery and is no longer falling apart, I don't really have a reason to go out and buy another one. But if I had no Switch at all, this is probably the model that i would buy that, that's that's how you have to sure. view it right it's the it's the model that is the best experience for the switch but you know it's it's not the you have to upgrade model which is it is our expectations i think were also raised by what's going on and microsoft started this with you know giving you upgrades on the new machines for games that you already own right like doom just got an upgrade you can run that sucker at 120 frames per second and you know you can turn on ray tracing uh I'm replaying, I'm playing Final Fantasy VII on my PS5, a PS4 game, because it got that nice 60 frames per second upgrade and all that. And so it does make a difference. And I can, I can honestly say I, I tired of playing Hyrule Warriors because it's just something with these fast-paced action games that when they don't run smooth, they just don't feel as good, right? And like yeah. if, if they had upgraded the hardware significantly and had said... Um, 
you know, you can run Hyrule Warriors at a stable frame rate, like not even asking for 60 with that game. Like I would have absolutely gone back and played it. And if they had given us, if they had said Breath of the Wild now plays at 60, I think the gaming audience, I think things would have exploded. I think every Switch owner would have, who would have upgraded, would have replayed all 120 hours plus of that game and enjoyed <laughs> it all over again, right? Because you're, you're yeah. like, you're, everybody's waiting for this excuse to go back to one of their favorite experiences and like these little, these little uh, quality of life and, and, and frame rate updates go a long way, I think. Yeah, for sure. I think all the right. door is still open. There, there may a be a yeah. dock that has a little bit of graphics card uh, capability built in there. It is a, mm -hmm. a USB-C connection. I mean, they could. I hope somebody puts a, a super cut of all our Switch Pro predictions over like the last year <laughs> no. together. Please, they're don't. all like super, super wrong. Although I think at one point I said something like there won't be a Switch Pro this year. I just gave up. So yeah. tired. Well, I was, I was, yeah, I was also really honestly the thing that I'm most excited about is that. We uh we don't have to talk about the rumors We're anymore. Free. It's like at the end of Aladdin. That, that's not true though, Casey. Look, they they will upgrade the hardware eventually. Whether it yeah, is eventually. the successor to the Switch that's going to play all Switch games and it'll still be called Switch because the thing is such a huge success, or yeah. they'll do a more mid-level um, upgrade. They did it with new 3DS, right? Which didn't work out great. Like very few games actually. I took, liked it. Took advantage I really of it. Appreciated yeah. it. But the boost, the boost in performance wasn't that great. It was more like, right. yeah, there were some games that ran fine on the new 3DS, but not the old one, right? So yeah. Something else that's kind of interesting is, is looking at the timing. Like, we, you look at the Switch came out in 2017. The Lite came out in 2019. It's a two-year difference. Then two years later, this year, the OLED, the SWOLED, sorry, came out. <laughs> um, so in two years from now, 20, 2023, What's going to happen? You know, they're yeah. kind of setting yeah. a pattern here, a pace. Yeah, they are. Um, we'll, that we'll, could definitely be a successor or not. But, you know, that's going to be really fun to see what happens in a couple of years. I hope at the end of the lifespan, we get a micro, a Switch micro that people actually buy. Yes. I want a mini Switch. It'd be amazing. I just ordered. I, I ordered a, a Game Boy micro faceplate that's made out of wood. Mm. Um, which oh, is wow. really really yeah. cool. I I love that machine. It's just it was priced yeah. so expensively. Nobody bought it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. I remember the micro. It's funny. I remember the, well, kind of a little weird detour. But I remember at E3. I'm sure you remember this as well, Pat. I don't know if there's a coincidence or just weird thing. I don't think they can get aware of that today. <laughs> is at E3 Nintendo had height challenged women attached to the micro GBAs. It's like it was very a weird connection where all these tiny people, not not little people, but yeah, people who weren't tall, were attached to them, showing them off. And I'm like, that's not just a coincidence, right? <laughs> you see this? That's like so oh. funny. But you know, today wow. they would, they could not get away with that. But when they did that, yeah. everyone was like, and then just played it. <laughs> amazing. I don't even remember anyway, that. That's amazing. I, it was so weird. I'm trying to yeah. imagine the the ad for brand ambassadors going out looking for specific people uh, this uh exactly the the, the culture yeah exactly jules this, this was type. this was the age where you know the company you worked at well acclaim your publisher uh mm. did a marketing oh, campaign with best. with putting somebody's <laughs> name on a tombstone for shadow man right yeah yeah yep, there you go they did lots of questionable things yes. oh, yeah. oh that's right yep. that was embarrassing I didn't work on that, by the way, for the record. <laughs> God, I'm trying to think. 
man, I can't even remember the, some of the questionable things that we got in the office when I was an intern in 2012. But Anyway, uh, on. <laughs> John John Davis now a publisher. He went through his garage and dug out all things, and he's got he's got uh, old GTA tchotchkes, and one was a cocaine mirror. Oh my gosh! <laughs> yeah, what mm-hmm. everyone oh. needs on their coffee table. That's right. Another one was uh, a claim did for Vex. They had condoms that said Vex before you sex. And it's like, what are you thinking? Yeah. It's not <laughs> even come so far. <laughs> it makes what? no sense. It's this not even a platform game. It makes no sense. <laughs> this is a kid's game. Maybe a team, maybe a best. But like, oh, God. <laughs> yep. Oh, so, so awkward. Oh. There were brass knuckles and shurikens and samurai swords and all of that. Yeah. Like, which nobody could I mean, some of this nowadays. stuff is really cool and, and neat. And, but, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, we oh do have a couple of questions from our <laughs> listeners <laughs> and um i wanted to move it up to the section because they are very specifically about the swolet this first question is from dan white and they asked would a zelda metroid or monster hunter special edition convince you to buy an oled switch Ooh, not for me wait I mean, say that again would a special edition, like a Zelda special edition or a Metroid special edition, like convince you to buy an OLED Switch? But I, Eric, I, are you going to buy the OLED Switch just for the white Joy-Con? <laughs> That's the question. Yeah. Of, so you're done. Of course I will. Um, <laughs> no, I also. So there, there's like I, you know, I, I, I am disappointed that the that the chipset didn't get a boost. But I do think if you look at the machine, it is much more elegantly designed. I, I collect game consoles, right? I've mm-hmm. Vectrex upstairs, and you know, old Nintendo machines and all of that. And um, it's the back it's it's got this curved design that now hides all the screws so you know it's much more elegantly designed and just i i I really dig the look of it i think the switch is a really nicely designed console so i kind of i couldn't resist um and then the oled screen i honestly play most of my games docked nowadays because we haven't been able to travel but like looking forward at next year i think using the oled in airplanes will be really cool yeah yeah but you look look at that picture Look at that picture. Do you see the dot in the middle oh, on yeah. the top? What is that? Oh, is- yeah. I'm getting I'm getting a sense these screws in the back of the switch really bother you. <laughs> <laughs> well, they, they're gone now, Jules. <laughs> no. Is the dot on the top just a screw? No, that's a screw, and then there's a dot next to it. I don't know. Nice. Maybe I, I don't think it's airplane mode. That would be annoying to have it there. Um, mm-hmm. Could could be like just a contrast, like maybe two different settings. There's toggle two, between them. Yeah, there's yeah, two right. dots. Zooming in. Enhance. The left, the left <laughs> dot is oh, the... Oh, look at that power button and the volume. They look yeah. nice. Yeah, they made the, the power button bigger. And then uh, nice. they, they made the uh, the um, the opening for the fans a little bit less... It looks uh, like a soft... Fancy. Oh, is that... No, it's not a... I wouldn't be a star. It's like, like, like a uh, soft rubbery kind of... It's probably button. just an LED for when it's charging. <laughs> oh, I guess that's a, that's a screw, right? In the middle? Well, there's yeah, a screw to the left of it, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's it's probably nothing. Otherwise, they would have announced it if it had well, like an extra. Maybe button. it's just a button to quick connect two controllers. Yeah, maybe that's where you put oh, the, right. the, the stylus. Yeah, no, a stylus. No, it's not a stylus. The first worry. thing that got lost on everybody's DS, 3DS, and oh. yeah, you know what? What games a stylus was great for? Picross. <laughs> oh yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, it was. I like I like games that needed stylus. A lot of them were really fun. And for me to answer yeah. that question, would a special edition convince me to buy it? I don't know. Maybe. 
<laughs> yeah, if they look, if they, I'm thinking I might get one anyway, just because I have my day one switch and it's got a crack in the back because I think the battery's starting mm. to swell a little bit. Oh yeah, that's what uh, happened to mine. It's just, yeah, it's oh, scary wow. to think it might just burst into flames when I'm playing someday. But yeah. if they brought out a Metroid one, like come on. Who am I? <sighs> I actually like I actually like the neutral special editions, like the, the a white model or something like that, better than the ones with all the freaking like tramp tattoos everywhere. Um, <laughs> nothing against the Monster Hunter edition, like it, like the Pro Controller looks really cool, but I don't know. It's a commitment when you have a dock in your living room and it's got like blah, blah, You're right, you know? Yeah. Yep. But the joy well, Why does it have Hunter to be cool. in your living room? Ooh. Ooh. Huh? Look at that. That's what I love about the 3DS, where you can change out the faceplates, the new 3DS, the small one. Yeah. yeah. Which uh, the US didn't get for another year after the XL launched, right? Yeah, I got to import oh. that one. I got the nice mm-hmm. felt one with the Mario designs. So cool. Looks so yeah. Sick. Maybe they'll do a, f- a faceplate for the uh, dock someday. Do it. For yeah, the, for the Switch nice. Mini. That'd be great. Yeah. yeah. Or the old Switch. X. Remember the 360? You could, you could switch out the faceplate. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It was meant to, too. So before we move on, Switch, uh, Seth, I just called you Switch. Um, yeah, Seth. His name is Swoled Macy. Swoled Macy. I mean, I've been working out, so thank you for noticing. <laughs> so uh, Swoled Macy, how do people yes. get the, uh, how will people get the Swoled? How will people get the Swoled? Well, they, yes. can, uh, they can follow IGN Deals on Twitter <laughs> for up to the minute updates of when it uh, hits retailers for pre-order but it hasn't in the united states yet the uk has i believe the au have them on like amazon and uh uk retailer game which i mean come on that's right to the chase there you don't know what you have to guess just where the games are but yeah you'll be able to get it you know amazon best buy gamestop best buy and gamestop already have pages up for it you just can't order it yet every in spite of what everybody on twitter is saying The other 99.9% of people who like Nintendo actually really want to buy this OLED Switch. Oh, so. don't look, don't mis- misunderstand the, the yeah. disappointment by from core owners as apathy towards this machine. Like if you look oh, at no, the, I, if you look at the, no, if you look at the trailer, I mean, for listeners here, if you look at the trailer on YouTube, the upvote to downvote ratio is huge um people are going to buy this thing and they're not going to be able to keep this in stock and this will be eventually be the core unit yeah it's something i'm really enjoying about nintendo this this era is their commercials are so slick and consistent like that that new one is the same flavor as the first one when they first announced the switch but you know the the two minutes of glory a few years ago it's the same vibe i love that i love the consistency and the production value it's exciting. It's really, really nice. I'm really appreciating that. And now that we're looking at the trailer, I did want to very quickly mention this is something Pear uh, brought up to me. Yeah, the, the Pokemon uh, footage does look better than it did when it was shown during that Pokemon Direct. So looking revealed. forward to that game. Mm. Yeah, really? Uh, um, real, sh- shining Jesus. I can't remember. Shining Jesus? Shining, I know. <laughs> brilliant Pearl and... Um, Oh right, brilliant pearl and something diamond. Yeah, and what shiny. It? No, it's it's brilliant diamond and shiny pearl. I keep swapping the adjectives because yeah. I don't say it out loud enough, and then I'm just like, oh yeah, the oh, shiny 
jewels. Um, sorry. But anyway, <laughs> so it does look improved compared to the first. And I know a lot of people's criticisms was about the chibi ish art style in the first place. So if that that's was what, what I love about it. Yeah, a lot of people were Ugh, don't like so it, but good. if that's your problem, this isn't gonna fix it. But it does no. look better. And so when they were saying like this footage isn't final, they they meant it. And I also noticed that the main character mm. got the uh the Kirby treatment. He looks a little bit more mad. So maybe mm. people like that better Catching over here. Up. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. More mad. But yeah, I think that's about all I have to say about the Swoled. If you are interested in it, I'm happy for you. And honestly, I'm glad that it exists so that if a new special edition comes out, yes. I have a better, a more concrete reason to buy it. Because it's like, well, it's technically better. It's not just for the design. So thank you, there it Nintendo, is. for giving me a, a logical reason to buy your next uh, special edition. I can't believe that the covered screws didn't sell you on it. <laughs> <laughs> or the white joy con i know or the stand um, <sighs> i already have so funny. many accessories that fix some of these things though that's right. such a waste <laughs> but anyway. this year i decided i actually wanted to like follow hockey a little bit more than just the most casual of casuals so i subscribed to a service that streams all of the nhl to your television uh the boston bruins home opener i went to watch it and boom Blackout restrictions apply, which I thought was kind of ridiculous because I'm still 200 miles away from Boston, but whatever. Had I had NordVPN, that wouldn't have been a problem. I would have just gone in, changed my settings to another geographic area, and boom, I could have been watching all the Boston Bruins home games like it was nothing at all. So now I have NordVPN and I can watch the home games of my local teams streaming without being frustrated. It's the same thing with like Netflix. It has all these complicated licensing rules, which from one country to another don't really make sense. So something you could watch on South Korean Netflix, you won't be able to watch on the United States Netflix unless NordVPN, boom, switch to South Korea and you're watching whatever Korean drama that you want I highly recommend you do that. I haven't done it myself, but people seem to enjoy them. And who am I to try to bring down people's enjoyment? Uh, NordVPN, more than just entertainment and sports availability, it's going to protect you, especially when you're traveling, when you're using public Wi-Fi. People are trying to get in there. They're creeping on you. Bad actors, people trying to steal your password, your bank account details. Who knows what the government's doing these days? I can't keep track. They're all over the damn place. NordVPN... It's going to protect you. It's going to protect up to six devices because I know you have at least that many devices in front of you right now that can hook up to the internet. Boom. Fastest VPN in the world. You're not going to get any buffering. You're not going to get any lagging. Uh, it's going to stop your ISP from bandwidth throttling, which they do. That's kind of sneaky, especially how much you're paying those guys. There's threat protection to protect you from viruses and malicious malware and whatever else. Uh, um unsavory actors are out there. If you want to get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com slash NintendoVC. That's nordvpn.com slash NintendoVC. Victor Charlie. Uh, that link is also going to give you four extra months on the two-year plan. There is no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. That's nice of them, and I appreciate that. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, 
Or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz and how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. Anyway, I did want to move on to our next topic. I won't spend too long on it, maybe. Who knows? But anyway, Monster Hunter Stories 2 Wings of Ruin is out on Friday, and I did review it. Hair and Seth have been playing the demo, yes. and I also know Jules has played the 3DS version, yes. but is, did not enjoy it as much as, as we have so far. So, in summary, I gave it an 8. I really enjoyed it. And just know there are no more decimals in IGN uh, rating systems, so just keep that in mind. But I really enjoyed it. I played it a lot. I beat the story in about 70 hours, and I put a total of maybe 85 oh, wow. in so far. I had, did a lot of experimentation. I went into the end game a little bit. There's a lot of deep customization here. The battle system is a lot more interesting than it was in the first. And I, I like it. It's a monster catching game. I would like to let some other people talk about it because, I mean, you already know what I think about it if you watch my review. <laughs> I, uh... How would you compare it to 3DS? Like, what would you, have, you, have you played the 3DS one or what number yes, would you give that? I did play the 3DS one and I also reviewed that one. The So some of the main changes that are immediately noticeable is that the characters are a little bit older and mm. the monsters are less chipified as well. Like, they are generally just bigger and not they don't have like the big cutesy head so they're made to look more like your regular monster than some some chipified version of it though they are smaller than the wild monsters you encounter out in the wild because hey they just hatched they shouldn't be that big uh, <laughs> but also the battle system got a ton of tweaks as well it's still very much cemented in a rock paper scissors style battle where if you are facing a monster that prefers power type attacks you should use a monster with speed type attacks that will counter that. You don't control your monster directly. They just have a preferred style that they like to attack in. That's the rock, paper, scissors format. So like technical beats speed, speed beats power, power beats technical, etc. It's like and Fire Emblem. It's like yeah, the weapons triangle. Exactly. So yeah. there's a weapons triangle, mm -hmm. but there's also elemental attacks and weaknesses uh, that you need to worry about as well. And you can spend some of your... Man, this is like there's just so much to the battle system. Like trying to talk about it is just going to sound <laughs> like <laughs> gibberish if I get really into it. But basically, it has that rock, people, scissors style. It has elemental uh, weaknesses and resistances. There are also um, special attacks that you can use a gauge that fills up. It doesn't fill up over time. You have to do specific things like you have to win those rock, paper, scissors battle to fill that gauge. And then you can use that gauge to use special attacks. There are also six different weapon types, all that have different mechanics and play differently. And they removed the combo system from the first one. I won't get into it because it's not important because it's not in the second one. <laughs> but they instead added uh, two new weapons and some different skills and mechanics as well. And the bigger monsters also now all have parts to break, which are weak to only certain types of weapons. 
And you can now have three weapons on you at a time, which you can freely switch out once a turn. So you can really take advantage of a monster's weaknesses. And you can also freely switch out your monster. So you will want to be watching what the monster does to anticipate how it's going to attack next and then counter it. In the first Monster Hunter stories, this was an impossible task because they followed a like long pattern. So like you'll be fighting a monster and it would do speed, 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 power, speed, speed, power, and then would repeat that pattern. But because there's more than 100 monsters you're fighting, like you're not going to memorize that pattern for everything. And then there were also variables thrown in as well. So it would follow that pattern until it used a particular move. And then depending on how you countered it, it would then use something different. So like, no, I did not memorize that. Not doing it. <laughs> but in Monster Hunter Stories 2, if it becomes enraged, for example, I don't know, let's see, uh, I think how I'm trying to think of like specifically like how they change. Uh, like Basarios, if you're fighting a Basarios, it uses technical type moves, but if it gets mad, it'll then use power type moves. Or if yeah. a monster like takes flight, it will start using different things. Or if Zamtrios gets ice armor, it will start using different things. So there are visual cues that if you pay attention, you'll know that it's going to change. And then there are things you can do to anticipate that. Like if it's attacking you, you can guard. And now you know what it's going to be using for the rest of the time it's in that state. So you just kind of have to anticipate what it's going to do and pay attention to what it's doing there's a lot to the battle system it's so much more intricate than just just rock paper scissors and just choosing the same thing over and over because every single battle you have to change up your tactics based on what the monster is doing and also based on what your npc companions are doing because you don't directly control them either so it keeps things really really interesting and from getting super repetitive anyway that's the Monster Hunter Stories 2 battle system. <laughs> that, 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 was, uh, that, that was a very detailed assessment of the battle system. But like what, what you're describing is what, um, you know, I kind, of, I kind of reluctantly started to play it because I want to be able to talk about it. And then I found the battle system to just be super fun. Uh, yeah. It is, mm -hmm. th this game is, you know, it's very different from uh, the mainline Monster Hunter games in, in that it is really a traditional JRPG, like with, you know, turn-based battles. But what is so fun about it outside of the the kind of the weapons triangle approach and, uh, you know, being able to switch out your monsters according to their strengths and weaknesses is it's so, the attacks are so over the top. And it's like, it's like when you, you know, when you summon in a Final Fantasy game, like yeah. once you, once you get like mounted and like, uh, like team up uh, with, with, the, with an NPC for like a, a big combo, it's like, it's like nuking. Uh, a, a, a monster it's like the the animations and the stuff that happens are so ridiculously over the top that they look like they're world ending and it's just really fun and um really rewarding when you pull something like that off um and then it has that it has that element of finding eggs um you know sussing out eggs taking them back and then hatching them and getting more and more party members effectively which is really really cool it's got that little pokemon element to it um yeah, it's good. The only thing yeah. is, it run it runs like crap. Um, no, it does. Like, also, no, also not everything. Quick, if you guys, if you guys lose me, a thunderstorm just started. So just oh. the heads up. Uh -oh. But uh, yeah, no, I I love the the collecting mechanic in this game. It is fantastic, and if you could just like, it's perfect for me. Like the you collect eggs and the eggs hatch into monsters, but it's not 
monsters sorry they're monsters that you are your besties and these monsters it's not just the species that matters it's also they hatch with different passive and active abilities and they can be they can be different and you they can hatch with up to nine of them and then later on you unlock the ability to move these abilities over to another monster so you can customize a monster with literally anything you want from any other monster which i think is so cool and so because of that duplicate monsters aren't a waste they are always exciting because you might get a skill on it that will be useful in the future and i just i love that uh getting an egg with a pattern you've never seen before you get that wrong rainbow effects you know it has really good genes and it's just i love it it's cool That's yeah, good, but the the engine and I think the art style is really cool. The monster design, all of that, characters look great. It's got this this anime look to it, um, but it it doesn't run very well. And like it it's fine because it is not an action game. And like when you're in the um, when you're in the battles, it actually it looks nice and it runs swiftly. But it's just like even cutscenes sometimes just struggle to hit twenty frames per second. It's just so yeah. disappointing, and that's the. You know, that's like if there was a Switch Pro that just boosted the oomph a little bit, like games like this would shine and look so much better. Yeah, I definitely noticed like right away that the cutscenes just they chug right along. And I was like, oh, not no, even sure really. why. I, I don't know I don't either. Know. And then it's it's really uh, it's like whiplash when you finish a battle and you go into the after battle screen, because for whatever reason, that runs in like beautiful 60 FPS. Yeah. It's like, oh, it's so fluid to see my score. <laughs> and then you go back and you're like, eh, 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 yeah. but like, look, I, I'm I think that all JRPGs should be turn based. I don't like any other kind of RPG except for like Skyrim and stuff. So I'm really into this. I'm willing to give it a pass. Actually, I didn't realize it was on Steam until. Uh, Oh yeah, just came up. So I might just get it on my PC, and then I won't have to worry about frame rate. I'll boost it way up, 144 yep. hertz monster. Yep. Yeah, I'm very glad that it's there for for people with bothers. And I mean, like, it, I think my eyes just got used to it after playing it for a while. It was something I noticed right off the bat as well, and then I just kind of got accustomed to it. Yeah, happening. I, I'm sure. But... <laughs> that, I, I think that happens in like every game. I'm just oh yeah, baby. You... You do no, get no. used to it. You do get used to it. Like visually, you know, it's like the, the grass looks bad, but the monsters look great. So it's it's like after you play mm-hmm. it for a while, you just kind of get used to the warts and you see all the, the beauty and the, the great things. Because there's, there's just a lot that's visually really well done, uh, you know. Including like I, I think the when you when you're riding monsters around in the overworld, it actually for some reason that runs smoothly, right? Like it's yeah. it's it's yeah. weird the places that it chugs, and it yeah. it may just not be optimized and completely finished. And you know, that's true. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure that that there's a high likelihood that they'll put out a patch day I one. Think- that- I think the problem is that the the frame rate is actually uncapped, so that's why there's so much variation. Mm-hmm. And I think maybe if they capped it at thirty, yep. we would see a lot less More problems. Consistent. Yeah. Uh, nice so, cinematic. Um, the difference between 30 and 60 is huge. You're right. If you cap it at 30, it would be a much more pleasant experience, ironically. Yep. Would you say it's more approachable than the mainline Monster Hunter series? Because that's oh. kind of like been my problem in the past is I want to love it. I jump into Monster Hunter. I had bought a bunch of them on the 3DS even. <laughs> and I start, I'm like, oh, this is so overwhelming. I want to love this, but I just don't think I have. You, just, to you need a you need a um you need a shepherd to play with you need someone right. to to play with you who knows everything i think that's how everyone learns True. monster hunter honestly yeah you can yeah. and you can play co-op here too but no jules absolutely it is much more like pokemon 
Um, yeah, this is just than, this is like a traditional monster hunter yeah. you know, with the monster like in the set in the monster hunter world. It's very approachable. And and, and they they onboard you, so your battles are very guided in the beginning. It explains why you're kicking ass and why you're not. And, yeah, <laughs> no, good. I cool. really have to praise the tutorials and the pacing of the tutorials mm, in this game because it really it really follows the like do don't read kind of tactic of teaching you things where it's yep. when you're in the battle for the first time it tells you what to do and why to do it and then explains mm -hmm. the effects after but they're not so long and overbearing that they're annoying and you can also skip cutscenes and stuff right off the bat if you wanted to do that for some reason don't don't do that it's called monster hunter stories but <laughs> it's, i really i really enjoyed the way they approached tutorials and they really spread it out so it, they didn't just info dump on you in the beginning, which I know that Monster Hunter and like Monster Hunter Rise does that as well. But this game really spreads it out very easily and also opens up the game to you very early on as well. I think like maybe like 15 or 20, 30 minutes into the game, you can freely explore if you want to and ignore the story quests that continue yeah. with the tutorials, which is just really nice that they do that. Yep, you got Capcom. Yeah. Yeah, it's game, yeah. The fact that there is the free demo on the Switch, which is just the first area and chapter oh. of the game, is great because if you do end up liking it, you can move that save data over to this, um, the full version of the game. Oh, or if good. you decide that you really can't handle the frame rate dips, you can buy it on PC instead, <laughs> if that's the only reason that, uh, that it bothers you. But I wanted to just also repeat that it didn't bother me enough to want to play on the pc i also had the option to play on the pc if i had wanted to but the portability of the switch just kind of trumped the mm. did you notice a difference between handheld and docked the performance issues yes differences? The, yes on handheld it does run a little bit smoothly mm. it still is kind of choppy occasionally during the cutscenes, which again i find really strange like why it's yeah. most noticeable in those cutscenes, but it's fine <laughs> yeah. yep cool it looks gorgeous yeah i love the art style mm -hmm. wonderful yeah, yeah. So, but yeah seth i was specifically interested in hearing your opinion on it as well because i know you love classic turn-based jrpgs yep. so how have you been liking this so far i've been liking it other than the frame rate issues yeah, yeah. i don't know uh, i've got to keep playing the demo because i haven't played it nearly enough I don't know if I've made up my purchase decision yet, though, because whatever happens is I get these JRPGs and then, you know, something else happens. I see something shiny in the distance oh, yeah. and I put it down and I regret spending $60. But I don't know, because I got some time off coming on, uh, coming up. I got nothing else to do. And this is kind of like a perfect time off game. Pick my feet up yeah. and, and just like, grind. oh, yeah, that's another thing. I'm one of the only people who likes grinding in uh, <laughs> JRPGs. So uh, that's kind of mostly what I've been doing with my my demo time oh, yeah. like i could go to this quest but there's some monsters over there i could just fight them and level up and mm -hmm. no reason whatsoever but yeah so i it. like i like it too because you can indirectly grind by just going by doing just other things that aren't the main story like collecting all of the new monsters there are in the new area or like going to find yeah. different eggs of a particular monster species because you want its genes <sighs> to be but you want it to hatch stronger or like there's just so many things that you can do that are just so distracting from the main story that keep you naturally leveled up as well yeah that's i love that Good. sort of stuff i, really I ended up like that. yeah it's like every, every open world game I, I very rarely beat because i just i'm like well what if i collect all the 
pamphlets that you're supposed to collect or, you know, yeah. whatever dumb yeah. thing is. So, yeah, now that you've told me that, I'm like, well, <laughs> yeah, we'll be putting this on the old pre-order list. But, yeah, I would recommend it. Uh, check out the demo if you like JRPGs. I think if you like Pokemon, if you even are like into Monster Hunter. But like we said, it is much more accessible than Monster Hunter. And if you like JRPGs, this will be just as accessible if any of those to you. But also, speaking of Monster Hunter, there's a little bit of more news that I wanted to mention. Um, Pear is going to have to win a sweepstakes to complete his Amiibo collection, which is already missing some Uh-oh. because of Monster Hunter, the previous Monster Hunter stories. We are once again going to have access to gold Monster Hunter stories Ooh. Amiibo. Yes, very fancy. But there's a it's a my Nintendo Amiibo sweepstakes, and for ten platinum points each, up to three times you can enter the sweepstakes. Wait, is this in the and U.S.? This isn't Japanese. Yes, no, it's yeah. U.S. in the U.S. I know. So there <laughs> yep. are ten winners. There will be ten winners, and each of these ten winners will get fifteen Monster Hunter Amiibo. They will what? get regular gold and silver versions of Palamu and Palico, and regular and gold versions of the Monster Hunter Stories Amiibo. Uh, in a raise ring, Rafa oh. and Sue. Oh my god! Also, a bunch a- of posters. But I think everyone, I think everyone should spend their platinum points on other things, not on this contest. <laughs> I don't know. Everyone, yeah. silver and gold are a great way to hedge against inflation. So <sighs> I hate it when they do these like limited releases that you can't buy anywhere. Um, yeah, they, they they did. Uh, you know the original. Uh, the original gold and silver amiibo you refer to were given away as a prize, just like the uh, Nintendo Labo Joy-Con to deserving people with skills. Um, But it still bugs me. (laughs) I want them. I'm sorry. Well, I'm entering and uh, I've already, I already used my 30 points. I had, I have way too many platinum points. I didn't realize how many I had. I had like 1300 platinum points. Jeez. And I, I wish I could enter more. <laughs> so Same. But, uh, okay, it's okay. Well, one of us, one of us will have to win out of the 10. Like the likelihoods are just off. That the is chart. true. <laughs> well, what if Daisy Cafritas entered oh. a separate account? Uh, I'll just, oh. Mm-hmm. That would be mm. cheating. All right. I'm not, che- I'm not a cheater. Uh, I'm, I'm a cheater. I, it's fine. I, <laughs> I'll figure it out. I'll figure out a way to win, Pear. We can do it. And then let's do I, it. I will heist. I'll do it. A daring heist. midnight heist. Yeah. Heist. We can have shared custody over the amiibo. We'll switch <laughs> yeah, them. We can. Switch them around. <laughs> but yeah, that's it. Um, there. That's kind of all. There's a, l- a few more smaller announcements about Nintendo this week, but the, the Swallowed just kind of completely took over the space for this week in news. So let's talk more about Pictui. Pictui came out last weekend, correct? Yeah, last uh, last week in the US and this week in Europe, in Australia. Okay. Yeah. Surprise drop. It is. It was a surprise drop, which we thought would be fun. Um, give it a shot. <laughs> so that was exciting to sit on it and get it all approved and then, yes, just drop it and see what happens. Um, it is, We I like to refer to it as the unofficial love child of Picross and Brain Age. That's how I see it. A relaxing and rewarding logic puzzle experience for beginners and experts. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's been fun. It's got this, uh, you know, just to explain your mode, it's got this uh, this character. You want to tell us a little bit about that character? Yeah, Professor Ishida? Facts. 
Yeah, that was fun. We yeah, we kind of debated that, right? So Professor Ishida is your is your friend, host, and mentor in the game. He's a little light bulb, and he's a really really pleasant guy. Actually, his, his dialogue in the game is is very wholesome. I guess would be a good word of using it. He's very nice, um, and his name is inspired by um, the the person who invented nonograms. And his name is Non Ishida, um, and that's where the name nonograms came from. Actually, a different person named the nonograms in honor of Nonashida, and we've named our character Professor Ishida in honor of the inventor of nonograms. So that's kind of a fun little tidbit. Um, and yes, every time you so there's 300 puzzles in the game. Every time you solve one, you get a little factoid on on the thing that you just solved. Which is, at first, we thought is that a little bit too edutainment of us to do that, but we put it in there, and we're like, you know what? This actually works. I, I feel like it's a reward. And um, we, we kind of had the criteria for these factoids where either it has to be really obscure information that most people don't know, um, funny, or a personality um, reflection of the, of, of Ishida. So there's something interesting there, hopefully, for everyone to glean from that. And I think it worked out really well. Um, yeah, I dig it. I dig it. It reminds me a little bit of those calendars. We used to have those big fat paper calendars that had a fact, yeah. a fact a day. Right. Yeah. And, uh, uh, you know, I've, obviously I've played many nonogram games and mm -hmm. sometimes the reward is very tenuous, right? Like you're, you're solving yeah. a puzzle and you get a shape and you're like, well, I guess that looks like a chicken with a sure. top hat, right? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And like, yeah. and, and, and I, I do appreciate that you guys added the extra element and like the, the, the writing and the, the facts you guys gathered are really fun. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah, that was, it was super fun. Um, for anyone who's not obviously familiar with it, obviously the core experience is a nonogram experience like Picross, which is probably the most famous out there. Um, but then we embraced it with a brain age hug to kind of like help the theme <laughs> come together is, is kind of how we looked at it. Um, so some of the elements from brain age are, you know, it records the time that you spend and it, records as exercise time. Um, and that's kind of the way we're approaching the time, which was a really interesting internal discussion on time. Whereas when you look at the original, some of the earlier pick crosses, if you made a mistake, you know, penalty, 30 seconds, two minutes, you're like, no, no, you know, you were just, I'm just going to restart this. It's just a horrible feeling. Well, like we, we, and some of the, to be fair, the newer pick crosses don't do that, in, you know, to, to be fair. And we're like, yeah, we do not like that. So how do we want to view time? And we actually kind of flipped it 180 for us. And, and even Ashida at the beginning of the game, when he welcomes you into the game, he says, set your own pace. Just, just complete them in your time. This time is exercise time. More time is a good thing. If that's more time, you're exercising your brain. And that was really fun for us to kind of discover that while we're developing the game and kind of lean into that and let the game naturally evolve into what does this experience need and what does it mean? So we kind of took a page out of Nintendo's design book, if one exists, which it should exist, um, is let's build this game for itself. Let's Just because Picross did it doesn't mean we should do it. Just because Mario jumped doesn't mean your platform game should jump. You know, what does our game need to make it itself? And that was really, really satisfying, really fun to kind of go down that journey. Um, so the way, the way we looked into the way the, the, the auto-solve uh, auto and the auto-assist and all that kind of stuff works, we kind of... So what, what do we want to do? We want to make this uh, a fun, encouraging, positive experience. You know, try to have no negativity, um, just come in here, relax. It has a very zen-like quality, I feel, with the music and the visuals and, and Ashida being a, 
awesome, just wholesome <laughs> chat. Um, and you can kind of just hang out there. And it's the big thing I love is the is the calendar as well, which kind of subconsciously pulls you into this this sense of making it a routine. Mm-hmm. Um, so oh, you, yeah. you 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 solve a puzzle, you stamp it, which feels so satisfying. You stamp the calendar. Um, and you can be done for the day and you can feel great about yourself. Like, yes, I, I did something. And then you can load it up again tomorrow. And what's really kind of adorable is Ashida will greet you again, you know, when you load up the game again. And we actually put a lot of effort into that, into it not being sterile. Like a lot of games with dialogue, it will get old and robotic really fast. And we're like, well, how do we avoid that? Um, or at least take the edge off of that a little bit. So we put a lot of effort into the game. The good thing is the game knows what time it is. It knows what, what, what the date is. Mm-hmm. Um, so we kind of pulled from that, and, and Ishida can comment on the time. So if right now, well, I won't say right now because people are watching this at different time zones, but let's say it's 1 o'clock in the afternoon for you. It can say, he'll say, oh, he may say, oh, good afternoon. Or if it happens to be December 25th, he may comment on presents being under the tree. You know, he pulls oh. from whatever he can. Or he may just say, hey, what's up? It's great to see you again. Oh, that's cool. Just say something really nice. Or because he knows the date, he also knows the season. So he might be like, oh, it's kind of hot outside. I hope you're staying cool and stuff like that. Really cute stuff. Or if it's in the middle of the night, he may be like, whoa, what are you doing up? So really <laughs> fun little things that, that really pull you into, right? Um, pull you into the game connects with your reality. And I love it when games do that, when it feels like it, it feels connected to your world. So we really try to lean into that a lot. So, um, I, I love that you said that you, the, earlier you said you had internal discussions and I've seen the credits for your games. Jules, I'm always amazed, <laughs> like what, what, what you, what you, what right. you guys do with so few people, right? right? Like there's a programmer, yeah. there's a Jules, there's a musician, but and, and another designer. Exactly. And, That's and pretty a, much it. Yeah. Yeah. And like, yeah. but, but despite yeah. that, I also like that you guys have built this Atui verse now and like, we're seeing it on screen right now. Like you have this diorama mode where the, um, the whole theme of each screen is one of your past games, right? Like there's like a zero drifter or a chicken. Do you have chicken wiggle in there? Yeah, and absolutely. And, yeah. and mutant and muds, of and, course. Yeah. Yeah. Or monkey. Exactly. Yeah. And that's actually how the game started, you know, mm-hmm. it's much smaller scope. Like let's, do hey we have all of these sprites and backgrounds that we've created over the years that maybe they'd make good puzzles so we kind of put them in there like oh this actually worked pretty well so the game was just that for a while but we felt that was a little too indie a little too gimmicky a little too narrow yeah um and i think that would have been fine but we're like you know what let's make a more classic general mode that has what you would expect from a picross-esque game and relegate the diorama mode as a little treat that's a secondary mode because then I think it feels sweeter when you find it. You're like, you know, classic, you're playing it cool. You go to the main menu, you see diorama, you're like, what's this? And you're like, ooh, cool, there's a silhouette down there. I wonder what that is. Yeah. And you solve a puzzle, and you're like, little Max shows up, like, wait, cool. And you're piecing together one at a time. It, it, it really flips the script, and you're like, oh, well, that's satisfying. And you're filling in that uh, as you go. So um, that's kind of how the, the game grew internally. Um, is, yeah, we created that first, then we created the general things later. So, uh, but yeah, it was fun. It, it was, yeah, it was a really, really fun challenge to, to make it. We, the, our little band of people spent about 18 months chipping away at, at this. And um, a lot of it was on the presentation, the menus, the way they slide and transition. 
it runs at 60 frames a second. Which <laughs> right. <is good>. Yes. <laughs> no Switch um, Pro needed. Exactly. <laughs> Does it support um, OLED? <laughs> uh, hmm, I think it might. Uh -huh. um, and that was really important because we had the wallpaper scrolling in the background all the time. So if that doesn't run at 60 frames, you'll see it immediately. Um, and you may find this hard to believe, but during development, we did have some hitches where you go from the main menu to the next menu and like it, it would kind of hitch in the background. I'm like, oh, what is going on? We can't have that in this game. That would be ridiculous. So we had to really re-engineer things, surprisingly, to avoid that hitching happening. So that was really important to make it really silky and fluid. And as you can see, the way the screens transition on the diorama mode, that was one of the first things we did where the, the silhouette drops off and the new one comes on when you push it. The the level icon slide off to the left. The back wallpaper kind of fades from one color to the next. There's like three or four things going on there when you transition. That's my little part. Um, <laughs> as you transition, it's really important to have it very silky. You got to show your puppy now. You got to show your puppy. Grab it. Right, I'll be right back. <laughs> Yeah, you can't you can't just say your puppy was there and we don't get to see it. Yeah. Red, can we go full screen on Jules when he's back? <laughs> All right. Oh, oh doggy. His little Ollie. Oh, it's so cute, yawn. <laughs> if you're just listening to this uh, on your podcast, a cute oh, go to dog. YouTube. There's yeah. a cute dog. What okay. kind of a uh, what kind of dog is he? This is a papillon, which is French oh. for butterfly. Because his ears are shaped like a butterfly. Yeah. Now he sees his mama out there. He's like, Mama, what are you doing over there? <laughs> um, <laughs> so he was what? sleeping this whole time. Joel, speaking of pets, can yes. you tell me when we're going to find out more about Pet Adachi? Do extreme close up real quick. Oh, oh my. Um, so cute. Uh, soon, hopefully. No, that's, I'm glad you mentioned that. I love working on Pet Adachi. It's super fun. Right now, we just finished up. Obviously, um, and we actually need to finish up Hatch Tales before um, other people track me down with reports <laughs> and such. So I need to get that wrapped up. So that's my next big focus. And then I'll be right back. You can grab him. <laughs> uh, and then uh, I will be working on mutant mugs too. Oh, hey. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that. Um, oh, all right. And then the doors like, is going to go? I, um, I, was, I, was, I was telling listeners that then you're starting on Mutant Muds, the sequel. and Yes, I'm going to cram a few, few more things in there. There you go. Um, is to where it's all about making something beautiful, you know, and elegant and, and just a, a positive Zen-like experience. So, yeah, I'm really looking forward to get back to, to work on Petodachi. Um, so I think originally we said it was going to come out this year. Um, it probably was next year, honestly, because it's been such a busy, busy couple of years, um, probably for everyone. Um, but uh, yeah, so I'm excited to get back to that. But next will be Hatch Tales, then it'll be Petodachi. Sounds good. Thank you so much for, for telling us about uh, Big Dewey and everything else. Yeah, no, um, thank you for having me on the show and allowing us to, to talk about it a little bit. I'm, I'm really, really proud of it. So I'm hoping lots of people get to check it out and experience it because it is. Even myself, and I've spent the last 18 months making this thing, the day it came out, I make sure I stamp every day. <laughs> this, this, you know, I just have to. I know you play it and, and, you know, there's that habit forming of me, you know, solving the puzzle stuff. And that's what's nice about nonograms, especially when you get into the 10 and the 15 by 15 and above kind of sizes. Just if, because you've, com you've completed it, you can come back to it 
and you can play it again. It's still entertaining. You know, you don't remember where all the pieces are. Mm -hmm. um, it's, it's really interesting how nonograms kind of work that way. Um, and even the ones I've created, I mean, I created that puzzle and I still don't know the solution. It's too dense to know every single dot, you know, so it's very satisfying. Thank you awesome. so much. And I did want to talk about some other games that we've been playing. Unfortunately, we don't have too much time. But Seth, I know you really wanted to talk about Boomerang X. Yeah, I wanted to talk about it last week, but it was embargoed. So I'm glad I kept my mouth shut because we would have gotten in <laughs> trouble. But it's a Devolver Digital published game. I can't remember the developer and I'm very sorry, but I just I it's like this game a dang, lot. Dang. I think it's yes, like dang. dang. That's right. With an exclamation yeah. mark. Because yes. like, every important. time it came up, I thought of uh, <laughs> Napoleon Dynamite. Dang. Um, yeah, this is a super fun game. It's I I was surprised by how much I liked it. And I wrote a review, but Tom is gone and Dan is gone. And there's yeah. no reviews. It's, there's a whole thing. So look for that later. But uh, spoiler, I gave it an eight. It is if if this weren't such a linear game, if there were exploration, this could be sort of like a indie Metroid Prime. That's kind of how I oh, feel. Wow. Like going from, but it's it's completely linear. But you're, you know, you're getting new powers for your boomerang, and it's like, how do you use them in this next arena battle? And like, you just get stronger and better, and it is beautiful. It has this great art style. It runs really well on Switch. It's also on PC. I I. I loved this game a lot. My biggest complaint about it is that it's not very long. Like I wanted to keep playing this game and keep exploring this world because it's just so beautiful and fluid and fun and interesting. Hopefully there's a sequel, you know? Yeah, I hope there's a sequel to this game because I will, I will be all over it. But I'm going to evangelize Boomerang X to anyone who'll listen now because I had such a fun... I was just completely surprised. I didn't know what to expect. The reason I was I picked it up in the first place... Uh, the code for it was because I, I really like the movie Crawl, which if, uh, yeah from the 80s yep. is a very bad sci-fi or fantasy movie that I <laughs> loved a whole lot when I was a little kid. And I saw, oh, the weapon in uh, Crawl is kind of like that. Sure, I'll play yeah. it and off to the races. Had a, oh, I had a lot of fun. Awesome. There it is. Dang. So, so it looks like the uh, when you... When you're aiming, it slows down time so you can... Yeah, that's react, one of the or? powers that you can unlock right. as you progress is you unlock a slowdown yeah like you throw the boomerang nice. and then you hit the left trigger and it slows it down and you know that's it's critical that you learn how to use all the powers that you unlock by the last boss which is really really hard Seth do you have to do specific things to unlock the powers or are they sort of part of no it's just it's just linear it's just like you you go for the arena you beat the arena you go to the next section you unlock cool. a power then you go to the next arena and it's just it's just like that but it's it's a lot of fun and the battles just feel amazing because you're just flying all around and doing all this this fun stuff i i really enjoyed this game a lot and, this, and stylistically it's it's absolutely wonderful how long did it take you to beat it only took me about three hours to beat okay game. so yeah. like moderate difficulty it it I didn't have too much trouble. I failed a couple of the arenas until the last boss because the last boss is just mm -hmm. magnificent and screen filling and enormous and very difficult. But then, you know, mm -hmm. it unlocks a new game plus and I it, like I very oh. rarely immediately start playing. You know, if I unlock a new wow. game plus, I'm like, I'm coming back to this. But like as soon as I unlocked it, I was like, well, why not? Let's yeah. start this over again. So, yeah, very fun. That's game. cool. Thank you so it. much. I have I have more questions, but we will have to talk about that next week because we are all out of time for this week. No. Thank you again so much Thank for you. joining and 
participating in the discussions and telling us about Pictui. If you are interested in Pictui and any other games that Atui is making, you can follow them at Twitter at Atui LLC. So A-T-O-O-I LLC on Twitter. And if you have your own questions, you can always write to us at NBC at IGN.com or respond to the question block post on our Facebook forums, which is Nintendo Voice Chat podcast forums on Facebook. And for everything else, you're already, I'm just like doing my video sign up. This is not an IGN video. This is NBC, where it is the only place you can get the thing. Get the thing. <laughs> Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving god, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available.